0: Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. Uh, Last week uh, was a a more somber podcast for us. Peter shared uh, from his personal experience of grief uh, because of the death of his wife, Lynn Bernstein. And we are all grieving and we are all still grieving. So we want to take something from that today because we know that many many people probably millions of people now are grieving for loved ones who passed away because of covid and of course for any other reason in the recent past Mm -hmm. and grief is an experience that i think many people share right now and could use some perspective and some support and some understanding of the process
1: yeah yeah i actually i think what people all of us uh, Part of it. As long as we're living our life rather normally, uh, I think loss and grieving are not something that we pay attention to very often, um, the loss of loved ones, but it happens to everyone. and uh, We don't live, except in the last year, I'd say, that it happens to everyone. No one is going to escape this, this life alive. I think when I, I, as I think about it, some of the countries that I know are are very deprived or impoverished. That's different. They do think about it every day. I know many.
0: a daily life experience. And they
1: learn how to cope with it differently than we do here. But it's part of their, it's part of their Mm lives. With us it hasn't been until, culturally, until the last year or so with the pandemic 19 crisis. That's different because now we have millions and not exaggerating people who are grieving. I think the latest statistic that I've read is that we've been told 545,000 people have died. Now they're saying 900,000 people have died from COVID-19.
0: Here in this country? Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yep. So there's probably some other way that they're, they're measuring You're
0: it. counting it differently. Yeah. But,
1: but, but last week you talked about how many people are affected off of each person, right. passes. I think it was seven. So if it were right away, we were talking about millions of people, in the, and and in an incomplete type of grieving because they couldn't even be there at their loved one's side.
0: For many of the elderly, yes.
1: Almost, almost. Well, they say almost none were allowed. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about millions of people that are grieving and have this uh, burden that they're carrying, and in. It can be so draining it is i mean let's be honest uh, we're here this is the the next week after we talk so actively and openly about the the grief that we are all feeling over the loss of lynn my wife who made such an impression and so it's she was so inspiring to so many people i can't go downtown without people stopping me or actually people i trust just talking about it um, she was a very, very loved woman mm-hmm. for good yes. reason. Yes. Um, I miss her. Um, I do too. We all miss her. And I think one of the things we're also discovering is that people have different ways of grieving. So in our, in our institute, and through our nonprofit, whatever, there are so many people that have been staff, caregivers, that have been impacted by caring for Lynn and around her. And we're seeing the different forms. The
0: different ways it, t- it takes in their lives and the way it affects them. Yes.
1: yes. And another interesting fact is a lot of our staff has been hit with a lot of losses in this last year. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, I've never seen it like this in 51 years of my work, where there's so much loss and all of the major type. So I, I look at this and I'm going, a lot of people are being affected. You know, it's funny. I don't mean funny, but um, grief is such an intense, it's probably one of the, it is, there's nothing quite like it. There's nothing as difficult as far as I'm concerned as the depth of emotion and and loss uh, that goes with grief. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with a lot of emotions and helped people go through it, but I don't think anything is more difficult. Here's one of the things I'm discovering. Folks that have histories, of unre- what I call unresolved grieving, mm-hmm. where they never worked it through.
0: They avoided it for some reason? Or
1: yeah. Well, for some reason, is the intensity and p- of the pain mm-hmm. um, is, too in- is too much for them. Yeah. So what they'll do is they will push it aside and stay in a relatively numb state. Unfortunately, they don't work out the grief. So when it comes to the present, not only do they wind up dealing with the present, mm-hmm. All the other grief comes with it. Everything comes up. With and it. so do the defenses that come with the other. Yeah. So we are seeing that, and uh, we've seen a lot of people suffering, not just from the current grief, but the other unresolved grief in their life that they didn't work out or didn't really get involved with to, pers- to move through it. Mm-hmm. See, grieving is, there's a purpose to it. There's a real need to grieve, there's a real need to work it through, not to circumvent it, not to avoid it. But to know that it will lead to healing. Um, but many people, I know this is true even in my own family and some of our own people around here, it's too much for them. It's just too overwhelming and too painful. I don't deny the pain. You can't make them clinically, you can't get into it in the sense of grief is not something you sit around and psychoanalyze. You can look at, though, that it can be, it can be a very, very serious kind of... Um, difficulty uh, if people don't approach it uh, openly and acceptingly. I'm
0: thinking of one client that we had a number of years ago who came to us because she was having trouble with addiction and what we found when we started working with her was that she was still grieving or stuck in protracted grief for a parent who had died about seven years before and it was uh, in some ways, she was frozen back there, unable to let go and work through her grief, and her health and her life were deteriorating because of it.
1: Yes, and her husband also died. Right. I remember. Yes. We've seen cases of protracted grief and the damage that it causes it affects the people's lives. And the addictive, the drinking, the drugs, the alcohol, the dangerous things that people begin to do to avoid it. Um, are even more destructive. They're used as a self-medication in some way. Ultimately though, it causes more problems. I've also seen people addicted to their work. They get busier, they get more involved so they don't have to feel what's going on. That's another addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can understand in some ways, I'll tell you, I sure can. Um, Why?
0: The overwhelming intensity of the feelings of grief. And it
1: is intense. And with with all the years of experience that I have dealing with very very difficult traumatic situations and traumatizing the impact of trauma on people's lives um, and I have the I have the experience and knowledge of how to deal with it and also the deal with the effects of it in me as a as a practitioner and the practitioner and the caregiver in that regard this is different this is still different there's similarities but This is different in the sense of the impact of it. This is more what they call bereavement. And bereavement... uh, What do you mean by bereavement? Yeah, If you don't mind, excuse me for biting my nails just broke. Okay, Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to read from... We've been reading some very good information.
0: This is from our wonderful hospice... uh, group here in Petaluma. They've yeah. given us some excellent materials. And the hospice that your mom is being served by in Florida, both of them outstanding organizations. So that's all I'm going to say.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And this kind of information isn't bad because it, it really gives you a kind of a, a picture of what people go through. And this is the mm-hmm. article. This is on bereavement. It says bereavement is a normal process following the death of a loved one. Grief is one of the deepest pains that one will ever know. Absolutely the truth, and I'm used to deep pain, but this is different, this is much harder. Um says, one may have time to prepare oneself for a loss, and I think that's been the case for me. That was true this time. Taking care of Lynn all of these years has actually been, I, I know this sounds pretty bizarre, it's actually been merciful in the sense that it allowed me to prepare for something that I, I would have a much worse time if it were an overnight shocking been event. Sudden. Uh-huh. We did have many in times during that five years that we took care of her that we had moments that were very frightening. We sure. Yeah. And they were difficult. Yeah. But she would come out of them and we'd go on. Mm-hmm. But I think in the long run I've always been grateful to God. Um for for <laughs> Be merciful to my weaknesses, and I think I, I i don't know how I would have done, but I've been prepared. I feel like God's been preparing me for a good four and a half, five years, maybe even more,
0: maybe. for this time. Knew no, you needed it.
1: I and it, I did, and you know what? It—it—it—it it, it, it helped me accept the end a lot e- easier as well. Although that was—that is so hard particularly when they love someone. Yeah, I love my wife. Yeah. But I know that in some ways I feel I was being prepared
0: yeah.
1: in many ways. So, But let me read more about mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. uh, it says, It seems as though everything has changed. The security of what was familiar, and this I'm having trouble with, be it good or bad is gone. Everything is turned upside down. Goals have changed. Plans meaningless. Mm-hmm. Possessions unimportant suddenly you're alone asking what's the point of all of this. I haven't asked that part exactly. Um, Loss, while unique to the individual is a universal experience and this is something that you know, it is the truth. No one is going to escape this Mm -hmm. and yet how do most people relate to this? Or how many people build this into the repertoire of their life experiences
0: no. In our culture, not in
1: our culture, no, not very much. Oh, the people in the extraordinary realities of caregiving—that's why it's such a different reality. Right. That's their, they are part it of is, it. Yes. And it makes them quite
0: different. Very much a part of that extraordinary yes, reality. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, let's say loss, while unique to the individual, is a universal experience. No one escapes loss in one form or another. It's a state of being deprived or of being without something and one values. Grief and response to loss can manifest itself. So this we found is very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, manifest itself so physically and or emotionally. Real body discomforts may be felt in such symptoms as shortness of breath, stomach ailments, uh, weakness, exhaustion, chills, lack of appetite, insomnia, and soreness of the body. That's me. Emotionally, one might experience disorganization, fear, anxiety, powerlessness, hostility, blaming, forgetfulness, feeling crazy, depression. Ugh. This stuff is rough, people.
0: Yeah.
1: They're, they're saying it like it is. And I'm telling you from flesh and blood experience, at This and I'm a voice of experience, so-called, it is brutal. I have seen people have different reactions to the grief. I, I, I've helped them during this time, particularly in the last weeks. I've seen others that cannot connect up yet with the um, the loss and the, and the connection within themselves. Which I remember I was at a funeral for a friend who uh, was killed in a car accident. Worked in a local machine shop, sterling, wonderful guy. Big service. And a couple of a family that we know for years, um, that owns a company down here and they're quite old now, um, Irvin Patty, were there and they were good friends of this family that lost Sterling. Mm-hmm. And Irvin Patty's family has been hit with some big losses and uh, recently to that time. And I remember uh, uh, one of their sons, I'll never forget, a nice man, mm-hmm. um, during this time had lost his wife his son who was now running their business, a young man came down with very serious cancer. Um, this man went from losing his wife to um, the sickness that his son was facing and all the implications of it. And it was interesting because he was talking to me and he says, you know, there's been a lot that's happened and I have not cried one tear. I have heard that from many yeah. people. and. Uh,
0: it's shock,
1: right? I think so. And it's so overwhelming. And he said to me, I know I, I, I should, and yet I just can't seem to find the connection with my, with those those sadnesses. Mm-hmm. And you know, my he was telling me in a sweet way, and I remember looking at it very sweetly and I says, You may need some help to get through this. I'll help yeah. you, we'll help you. Yeah. But you can't keep this up. Mm-hmm. I think it had already been six seven a month, he says. That's a long yeah, time. And I hadn't shed a tear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we're not talking about an unusual experience. It's another human reaction mm-hmm. to grief and bereavement. Um, I'm looking at this today, and I feel very strongly about this. Um, we could have passed on this podcast today, because there's so much going on. And I chose not to, and I'll tell you why. Because I know there are so many people in need of what we're going through and what we learned and what we know in helping other people too. We want to make sure that this message gets out to you and gives you some support and some encouragement. Not to critique yourself, not to be critical or harsh. Um, that's that's the last thing to do when people are grieving. Not to be psychoanalyzing yourself about it. This is not a time to do things like that to yourself. It's, very human. Leave yourselves alone.
0: So then, if we're going to encourage people at this time, how would you encourage people to go ahead and go through this agonizingly painful process of grief? What, what is it that makes it worth going through the pain?
1: What is it that makes it worth? Yeah. I think Feeling it,
0: not getting stuck?
1: Well, we, we all, it's rough to feel and it's rough to go through. And we may need support, which is okay. There's a a lot of things that that, um, hospice organizations offer, we offer. Um, I'll be honest with you. Grief can lead to healing and actually improvement. And it can lead to a thing called flourishing. And that is being restored and renewed and having your emotional um, (laughs) uh, reservoir refilled I know that's true, and I know it, it can happen. I've seen it happen. I've experienced it a number of times. The people that don't go through it don't heal, and they don't go. They don't get there. But I think grief is a very healing experience and a very important part of the human experience. In our society today, it is just looked at as get over it and and get on with it and leave leave it behind. That is absolutely the wrong approach. This one wrong make, attitude. You
0: know, I wanna make sure people hear that. That the the truth about going through your grief is that it is a healing experience. If
1: you allow yourself to go through it. Our society is doing an awful lot of th- awful lot in our cultures to not allow people to grieve, to not give them a place or permission to to go through it. Um, I I'm part of the my My old heritage is part of being what they call an observant Jewish family, almost between Orthodox, Uh, there are some that are more and less, but it was very, very Old Testament oriented. And one of the things that I do remember, and even though I rejected an awful lot of the Orthodoxy, was the way the Old Testament and the commentaries on the Old Testament, um, the old Jewish sages and rabbis, would line out, it's actually the Old Testament, a time to grieve, a time to mourn. Mm-hmm. Very specific, of course, mm-hmm. they're very rigid. But they were talking about sitting shiva after losing a loved one, which is seven days of intensive grieving um, for the the bereaved, and giving the person full permission to just vent and release, or, or not. Um, and not to focus on external uh, distractions like we normally do. But this is, they cover the mirrors, uh, people, the men don't shave. Uh, it's, it's just a time when... It's they, permission. It's permission. I think in the Old Testament, they actually tore their clothing to, to represent bereavement. Uh, today, the, the Jewish people wear a black, uh, a little black ribbon. While well, they're grieving, they're only allowed to grieve for seven days, and this is where
0: <laughs> The rules were not your thing. This is where I leave, <laughs> the where hard and fast. Orthodox
1: Judaism and I went our separate ways. Yeah. It's a little too rigid for me, but I do believe that they recognize the need yes. for the human condition and to, to give it permission and to honor it. We don't do that anymore, and it's a big it's it's a loss. A big loss. So I look at those things. I know at our institute, we tell people who are grieving, if you don't have a place, you can use our place where you're safe. We'll help you get through this. People need it. Um, so I think it's very
0: important. Okay. Let me, I'm going to jump in because we're getting close to the end again. And something you said a little earlier reminded me, when you said that, that grieving can lead to healing and a flourishing life. Yes. There was an article that you saw that you wanted to uh, mention, oh. that was about flourishing.
1: Oh, that. Do you want to get that to that
0: today? I think, or okay. do you want to go back to something? I want here?
1: to read this before we go to that. No, we, flourishing is a way of recharging your batteries. Can good come out of? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a hundred eleven podcasts that have been. Ways to find resilience through difficulty, suffering, and pain. That's we're thing. talking about probably the worst, most painful suffering that we can go through, right. and we're saying yes. We're not telling you to be dismissive and um, just ma- pretend that it's, it's not hard. We're saying, we are saying, as you go through it, though, you can begin to change for the better and find strengths that you didn't even know you had. But I want to just read a little thing from one of the uh, hospice. Uh, it says, through my grief, I've become more sympathetic. a more sympathetic, stronger, and more capable person. I'm kinder, have more understanding, and I'm more willing to hear, not just listen to others. I know that the real healing process comes from within as I enlarge upon my strengths. Mm. Just remember, grief and mourning are natural processes. They are difficult to withstand but allowing oneself to go through these stages openly, freely, and courageously will lead to healing that allows one to resume living. Absolutely.
0: Very, that's the wisdom in that.
1: That's absolutely the truth, and we are committed to it. Mm -hmm. We also know that it's very painful to go through. That's one of the reasons and purposes to these podcasts, to give permission and an an Some hope. I hope to, but a humanness, not a clinical approach, but something very human to go, we all go through these things. Can good come out of it? We're going, absolutely. But I can say this, that if I didn't know how to be selfless and giving before and become the man I should have been and meant to be, I know how to do it now. And I've learned through many years of taking care of my wife that she couldn't give me anything back but I could give to her lovingly and sacrificially and feel fulfilled in doing the whole thing. And feeling the loss and feeling the pain. Maybe not on, I didn't want to o- overload her, but privately I grieved deeply. It's called the ambiguous loss for years. Very, very painful. I lost 16 pounds. I lost some of my hair. And your hair? Yep. and um, I blew up with allergies. But the point is, lots of that happens. But out of it has come a person that is a lot more mature, a lot more understanding that none of us are going to escape life. I'm going to die. We're all going to die someday. Um, and that I do believe, and I, this is me, I have a much closer, in some ways, dependent relationship on God now than I did before. Why? Because I found that I had a source giving me a strength that went far beyond my own to do what I've done. And I know it was a spiritual feeding, and I know God took care of me, and I feel that he continued to do so. But honestly, we want to provide you encouragement and hope, not not avoiding, not pretending, not cutting off, but facing the difficulty, knowing that you'll come through it, you'll heal, and you'll be a much better person than you were before.
0: Uh, the Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment at sctraumatreatment.org. Please consider donating to them and keeping us going here. We want to keep bringing you our, our message. We are at the thesurvivorsguidetolife.com, where you'll find links to our podcast outlets and to our YouTube channel. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Please like us, share us, send us a message, give us some feedback. We are at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Thank you for joining us. Please join again next time.